Let's hit it. It's like an Oktoberfest from hell. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a polka from hell. I don't know. I'm not hearing it on my end. Oh, it's playing. Oh, like okay. Yeah, so that is uh, Katzenjammer. Katzenjammer is a, was a, a Norwegian quartet of, of lovely Norwegian ladies who sing in English and real big in Germany and uh, I, I like their music Musical style is rooted in both hot rock and country cult. Hassan Jammer made their full-length debut in 2008 with Le Pop, an album that was both critically and commercially successful. Um, wow, that's a long thing. It's a lot of rant. Anyway, whatever. Uh, it's the Chance of Gaming podcast. This is episode 77. Um, 77. It is 77 in a row and um i'm uh matt primer a character created by adam chance and as always with me is richard and roy hi i am rich trapier a character created by rich trapier <laughs> that's uh yeah i'll be portraying myself tonight uh, my, my name is roy and i live in western michigan all right is that can... is that part of the mitten they're both parts of the mitten. The whole so thing a is the mitten. mitten. What do your mittens look like? I don't know. It's weird. I just heard that recently that, like, yeah, it was like a mitten. And, uh, yeah, I didn't under I was like, okay, wow, yeah. So you guys yeah, have as a mitten, I carry the map with me all the, all the time. So when people say where I'm from, I hold my hand up and I point at it. All right. Like, I know, I know other people from Michigan that do that. So I think it's a thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, sure. can't, I can't imagine, like, my state being divided by a giant lake. And it's like I'm over here, and the rest of the uh, state is over there. Why not just I guess two I, states, Roy? I don't know. I don't understand. I could hold my hand up and point to my forearm. <laughs> that would work for me. So, Matt, Adam, you can point to your your elbow. It's true. Uh, oh the, yeah, uh, Richard. Um, you, uh, St. Louis, made the latest uh, Marvel What If? Oh yeah, it? I saw that. Have yeah, they turned it? the arch into a slingshot. Uh, yes, that was fantastic. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I will have to say that was the worst episode of that show so far, and it almost made me stop watching it right then and there. <laughs> it's been getting worse and worse. Oh so. man, I got a kick out of it. I, you know, cause, I hated it. You know, Thor just being kind of a bro. You know, just a frat yeah. dude, and yeah, I got a kick out of it, especially like they each their own. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, but. Uh... Yeah, the ending of it, though, uh, you know, it bodes, yes, not well for the rest of the thing, but super cool. Yeah, liked it. Anyway. Oh, that'll be fine. Thor's mom will throw Ultron and he'll send him to his room. I love it. It's like, you know, just running around drinking and just having fun all over Earth. And it's like, uh, you, you really need to stop doing this. He's like, no. It's like, okay, we're going to call your mom. I don't know, but I'm a fan of Cat Dennings anyway, so, you know, whatever. Anyway, so, uh... So, 
What if you had a cross of Napoleon Dynamite and Thor? So you had like Kip as uh, Loki and and. Uh, oh, I thought you meant like he could throw his hammer over a mountain. I think he already can. If Coach would just have put him in that game, he would have yeah. uh, you know defeated Thanos. So would have happened. So. <laughs> anyway, uh, so uh, have you watched uh, What If, Roy, at all? I have not, no. Although I see it on my on my crawl on uh, Disney Plus, which I w- I would say I I would not recommend that you run to it and watch it with all haste. If you are bored and looking for something to watch, it's it's okay at its high points, but it, it's not that good. Mm-hmm. All right, I, was, I just uh, started watching Star Wars Legends today, though the the anime series, and that I only watched one episode so far. That seems a little better. I saw the preview for that. That seemed. Yeah. I mean, it is. It really leans into the anime part of it. Yep. Yeah, I so. was. I was going to ask if you guys had watched that because the the first episode is phenomenal. Just blew my yeah. mind. And, and that one, they actually dropped to the whole series at the same time, but I, I've only seen one episode. Okay. And uh, I mean, yeah, past that one episode. I mean, I hear it's good and people talking about various uh, characters and whatnot, but I don't know. Ain't made it that far yet. So, anyway. What I have been enjoying, which totally blew my mind, was Reservation Dogs, which is on Hulu and it comes out of uh, the FX networks. Either of you perhaps maybe watched it? I've seen Reservation Dogs. Well, well, I guess yeah. that's something different. I mean, Reservoir Dogs, yes. Uh, and, uh, you know, they, especially the first episode, they there's a whole scene where they play on that. And, yeah, it's phenomenal. I just love it. It's, it's really, really good. I mean, uh, as a, you know, white American male, I have no idea what's going on in the reservations in America. And uh, this is kind of a little peek of that. I mean, it was fascinating to me to, like, read it on Reddit and people like, well, yeah, I grew up on a reservation and, yes, this is, you know, exactly like it, you know, is or was and whatnot and just like that, so. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, I, and I have not seen it, but to me it feels like, is it like Trailer Park Boys, but set on a reservation? Um, it's not as dumb. It's, okay. It, it, it's, it's funny. It's just as funny, like letter but it's it's smarter. It, it okay. has a really smart to you know comedy to it, and yeah, there's a good bit of drama involved, mm-hmm. and also some um, what do you, what do you say um, not science, uh, supernatural kind of stuff going on as well. It's fascinating okay. to me. So yeah, well, I see that, that Taika Waititi is is attached to it as yep. a, a, a producer. The guy that made the best Marvel movie of all time, yeah, uh, Thor Ragnarok, mm-hmm. and yeah, so, uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> so yeah, and uh, I see somebody on here has Why the Last Man. Listen. Yeah, that was me. I put that on there. I, I and I've not. I've seen part of the first episode, but I don't know. I'm something about it kind of squicks me out because to me it feels like I don't know, like some kind of weird broy fantasy about like. All the other dudes are gone. It's just me. Um, I would, so, yeah. I would say, as a fan of the comics and um, this this series, gosh, I think it started over ten years ago. 
and concluded probably five years ago, maybe. Um, mm-hmm. uh, it's no, it's it's not as bro as you think it it, it would okay. be. And apparently, it started like with the creator, you know, going like, you know, uh, people just having a conversation like, "Oh man, how cool would it be if you were the last man on earth?" He was like, "Ah, eh, no, it wouldn't be cool." Mm-hmm. And let me, you know, kind of run with that. And it's a really, the, really interesting post-apocalyptic um, show. Yeah. But it's, it's not only, like, the last man, as in the last human being. Every male on Earth died. Like, so a male grasshopper, a male cow, you know, all this stuff died. They're mm-hmm. gone. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's really interesting. Yeah, the, the opening scenes to the show are, are pretty chilling with just, like... So the camera pans across, you know, a cityscape, and there's just bodies laying everywhere, you know. And so there's the odd plane crash too, because it was it was you know the plane was flown by men, so it crashed. And I mean, damn, um, yeah, uh, the uh, it's not only yeah men, it's boys, you know, it's yeah. So you get a lot of that, a lot of mothers that like, well, maybe they, you know, they just had boys. I think there's one one character in it had like four boys or whatever and that was like her thing she was like this uh thing uh political pundit about you know let boys be boys or whatever and so now she's kind Mm -hmm. of yeah useless because yeah uh, i don't know it's just really really interesting and um yeah i yeah highly recommend the uh the comics and yeah so you know, and I'll, I'll probably keep giving it a try, but I don't know. Part of it kind of rooted me out a little bit. I know. I've watched every episode so far and really, really dig it. So, yeah. It's, oh, yeah. All right. And I, I will also say uh, it seems like for the past 10, 15 years, they've been talking about making this into a series, and I'm just blown away that it finally happened. So, you know. Anyway. All right. So, Roy, what have you been playing? So I've been playing on Board Game Arena Terra Mystica some more. And we had a game that we played a while ago. Um, I wondered if we were due for another go-around. But, um, yeah, so I've been pretty deep into Terra Mystica right now. I think I'm currently in the middle of three different games. I planned it on only being two, but whatever. Um, Yeah, send me an invite. I'd be up for another one. I've been on BGA quite a bit lately. Ah, yep. I've, I've seen you uh, on my friends list there. Yeah. Um, I, I do not have a premium membership, so I can't start it. So maybe we'll have to, we'll have to rope Matt into this. Oh, is too. that one still premium? Okay. I think so, yeah. Uh, so also on Board Game Arena, I've been playing 99, which is a trick-taking game. I think I've talked about this before, where you get dealt a hand of uh, 12 cards. And three of those cards you need to use to bid and so it's a, it's a three-player game. So it's one of the few, maybe the only, trick-taking game for three players. Um, and so you make your bid, and then you just you play and take the tricks and everything. So that's a 99. And then a new game that I played on Friday is Plunder, A Pirate's Life, which is a... I think R. it's 2020. Yeah. 2020 is when it came out. Um, and it was described to me, and it was an apt description as pirate Catan. So you have a, and don't let that scare you away, I guess. Um, it's a modular board 
so it's it's gridded in letters and numbers and so to start the game you spin the spinners and there's x's that go out on the board at whatever coordinates you spin and then there's also a storm that makes it difficult to go into and out of um so you you pick a, a home island and then that's where you're deploying all of your ships from and so you move around the board you roll the die to to move and you're going to go around and, and try to conquer other islands uh, if you come up alongside a uh, opponent, you can either shoot at them or you can trade. Huh. Uh, and so basically every turn, you're going to gather a resource, cor- resource card, which are random. And there's four different kinds. What There's, there's uh, rum, iron, wood, and gold. And so you use those different resources to build ships, to uh, upgrade your mass so you move a little faster, or to upgrade your cannon so you, uh, um, pardon the... So Sorry, what's going on a, in Michigan, Roy? <laughs> as long as they're not coming to your house, it's fine. No, I am a, a pretty heavy thoroughfare between the the uh, fire department and the hospital. But anyway... Um, it's probably still like 105 degrees in Mississippi, but for us, it's windows open weather, Adam. <laughs> what? Yeah, for sure. Already? Hmm. <laughs> um, so yeah, so you move around the board, you trade for your resources, and then you turn those resources around and trade them for uh, victory points or to upgrade your ship or to build new ships. And you play to 10 points. So it's there's a lot of similarities to Catan. Um, but... It's, it's very light, I will say that. And I never got beyond two points, but the, the one player that won got, like, two lucky breaks early on, and then from there it was just, there was no stopping her. So, But anyway, that's Plunder a Pirate's Life, and that is by, was it Lost Boy Entertainment, which I think is an apt name for a publisher. Hmm. So then I play, well, actually, I didn't play this. Um... So I had some friends that went to Gen Con, uh, and one of the games that they actually they, they showroomed it at Gen Con and buy it at, bought it at our local uh, game store is a game called Genotype. A men, men, Mendelian? Genetics Mendelian, game? I think, yeah. Is yeah. that by Genius Games? Yes. Yeah, okay. So it's, they've, done, um, yeah. they've done several kind of science-y themed. Yep. Yeah, I've got a couple of their chemistry games. And they're so like two miles from my house. They're a St. Louis company. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So this is, uh, you know, the the curly peas and the and the uncurly peas and and Gregor Mendel and you know genetics and and all this sort of thing. So you're. Granted, I didn't play it. My wife did. Um, I think you're drawing tiles and you're trying to maybe fulfill recipes based on the tiles that you have to get victory points. So if you collect you know, enough of the, of the right genes, then you can produce this plant with curly um, leaves and, you know, purple flowers and all that sort of thing. Mm. So that's a genotype, which is, as we said, by Genius Games, who have done a lot of kind of uh, uh, science and, and tech-related board yeah. games. I can't remember the names of them, but I played, I think, two of their chemistry games, and they're both pretty fun. Was there uh, something about biology, too? Yeah, they yeah they have a biology game. They like you said, they have several. It's one about the periodic table, if I recall. Yeah. Is there like so, one uh, that shows you like how to make meth or something like <laughs> Breaking Bad, the game? Yeah, that's, you got to send away for that one mm. to uh, 
to Amsterdam. So anyway, that's what I've been up to. Um, Not too much. I, I don't know. It seems like a lot to me. Like you know, if you're if you're always doing more than um, than me. Ah, uh, uh, myself. Um, I started contributing to a uh, high school uh, tabletop gaming club. So which is great. I'm like, hey kids, here's all these freaking so, games that have never been are played. Are you teaching them to play and playing with them or just donating games? Uh, learning games, yeah, basically. Is, okay. is kind of the thing. And it's just, yeah, because... And it, yeah, and I'm like, I'm very, very clear. Like, okay, I don't know how to play. So if you figured this out, why don't you show me how to play? You know, like, oh, <laughs> you know it's like, oh, Mr. Chance, uh, how do we play like level seven escape? I don't know. This is what I told you. You know, how do we play uh, 5th edition D&D? I don't know. You know, this is what I told you. So, yeah. There's just all these books. There's all this here. I'm, I'm working on a Google Doc that will have, like, you know, links to YouTube, how to play, and, uh, yeah, we'll just go from there. And, uh, yeah, so, anyway. So, uh, Richard, what have you been playing? Uh, I played a game called Washington's Crossing. It's uh, a game about Washington's attack on uh, on Trenton on Christmas 1776 and the, the short campaign that follows that. So I played that game for a little while. I've been had it on my table, and I played it at our St. Louis War Gamers gaming day last week, two weeks ago. I can't remember. So recently. That's we'll like crossing recently. the Delaware, right? Yep, yep, crossing the Delaware, the famous painting and everything. Okay. So it's just a game about that. Um, I played a game called Titan also at our gaming day. This is an older game. Adam, I'm feeling you might have heard of this one before. Oh, yes. I know what you're It's from about. like the early 80s yeah, or something yeah, yeah. like that. It's, it's a Avalon Hill game? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yes. Yeah. And it's it's kind of weird. You, It's got this map that, like the map, different territories, like every hex is a different terrain, so like jungle or swamp or mountains or whatever. And you take your guy and you basically just move him around the map and try to pick up an army as you go, uh, try to make the biggest army as possible until you finally run into the other guy and hopefully kill him. So uh, it was it was okay. It was it was interesting. I could see why people would enjoy it, but I'm not going to be playing that one again anytime soon. I, look, I remember playing. And then it my little one and I. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. yeah, I mean, I. I think it's from the 80s, and I think our, the copy that the guy brought to play was an original copy and hadn't been opened since the 80s. So now I you know, like you open it up and the dust flies everywhere. He's he's got all the little cars like with rubber bands around him, but the rubber bands are completely dry rotted. So he opened it up and it was like a box of counters and broken rubber bands. Um, I will say um, they did remake it probably 15, 10, 15 years ago. And, oh really? Uh, yeah. Okay. It was uh, reissued with a much nicer, bigger game and whatnot, and yeah. So anyway. Yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. It was it was something that I played, so it's on the list. Um, my daughter and I have been playing Arkham Horror. We just played the intro scenario a few times to try to get our head around that one. Um, we're going to start playing the campaign pretty soon, but this is the card game where you, it's kind of like, you know, RPG light. It's got some of the same mechanics as Lord of the Rings card game, um, which I have played before, but we're having a good time with that one. So I, in fact, I went ahead and bought the first expansion for it just so that we would have something to move on to, which we'll be doing soon enough. 
And then on my personal table, I've got Panzer's Last Stand set up, which is the latest release in the BCS series by MMP. Um, it's uh, it's about the battle for Budapest and the, the German attempts to retake the city, relieve their, their surrounded garrison there. So um, this is my first time really playing BCS. I've had it for a while. Um, I haven't really gotten into it, but I'm enjoying it quite a bit. So I'll probably be playing this a whole lot more. And then the last game I played um, is actually this one just came out on BGA recently, but Agricola is out there now. This is the Uwe Rosenberg worker placement game. Probably everyone has heard of it, but it just came out on BGA. It's still premium, so I can't start a game myself, but I know people that are and we're, we're playing a game of Agricola. And I'm just constantly amazed by what BGA is doing. They're, they are hitting the ball out of the ballpark over and over again. They are, uh, you know, they're releasing more games. They do a great job with their implementations. Uh, if, if you are not on BGA board game arena, you should be. Which they were just purchased. Was it by Asmodee? Does that sound right? Uh, didn't, you know, actually, now that you mentioned that I hadn't heard that, but didn't, didn't Asmodee just, buy some like ffg something there was some big sale for like 2.2 million dollars or something crazy that they were it might have talking been. about yeah maybe that's what it was no, i no, no, i no. sort of remember hearing about it you no, know no. about this one Adam? No, no yeah well we'll get to that uh in okay a, in a minute but it is actually Besides um asmo day sure. got sold for like two billion dollars yeah so, that's what it yeah. was it was well, some crazy for yeah. sale yes oh sorry they are you're right but they are the for sale because I'm going to do like a go a GoFundMe, but we'll talk about that in a minute. Excellent. Yeah. I will, I will, con that. I will contribute my $5 just so that I know how it go. <laughs> it's going for it. Uh, all right. I, I had one more game I wanted yes. to add on. Go ahead. If you're done, Rich. Yeah. Okay. So uh, a game we got from our board game library is called Wonder Woman Challenge of the Amazon which is a Ravensburger game. It's a co-op game where you defend the island of Themyscira from uh, all the baddies that come in. So, like, there's this game comes with three different villains that you can oppose. There's Ares, there's Circe, and the Cheetah. And so it is a it is a co-op game where you, you, you play Diana or you play Nubia, all these different uh, Amazons and you move around the board and um, basically cleanse the island of, you know, of, of minions or corrupted Amazons, which incidentally the two, so to, to take a corrupted Amazon from the board, you have to have a number of books. So I could imagine that like this, this corrupted Amazon who's like foaming at the mouth and everything has been chained down while while diana sits next to them with a book and reads about the um the way that a amazon should act okay and so all of a sudden, she's they... screaming about how jet fuel can't melt steel beams exactly and, yeah okay <laughs> so diana's reading the good word of zeus to this corrupted amazon and and that's uh she changes her ways but anyway um the Wonder Woman game is pretty fun. It's uh, it, like I said, it's a co-op game. Um, so it it kind of avoids the quarterbacking problem that like uh, Pandemic deals with by saying you get dealt two cards that are face up, and you get dealt three cards that are face down, and so you scheme and strategize based on those two cards, 
like, okay, one well, when the when the battle starts, I'm gonna go here and do this based on the cards that I have. But if I have something in my face down cards that I can do something with, then I'll do that too. And so you strategize, and then when the battle begins, you lay down all of your cards, and you go. You have three actions per turn. So at action one, everybody flips up their card, and they do whatever they can based on the cards that they have. Um, so it's it's themed. Of course, it's themed around DC and everything, um, and it's uh, it's a satisfying game for a co-op game. I enjoy it. So it's called Wonder Woman: Challenge of the Amazons by Ravensburger. And all I can think about is the uh, Harley Quinn um, uh, cartoon where the little guy that ends up working with her gets kicked out mm-hmm. of the Legion of Doom for calling Wonder Woman the c-word. Yeah, I'm so. yeah there's a whole yeah you know there's a thing with Lex Luthor he's like look even though we're the evil legion of doom and we're evil we're not misogynist and yeah so anyway so anyway Anyway, uh, so I just wanted to add that on yeah all right and uh, moving on to like what's on our radar I kind of ran into this today it popped up on reddit and I thought it was Kind of cool. It's called Over Isles, and it's a Kickstarter coming next year in February. But it's supposed to be an RPG that teaches you sign language as you play. So hmm, interesting. Yeah, I yeah. I, I kind of think you know stuff like that's really neat, and I feel like that would fit a niche that people would be really interested in. I mean, not. Did you find this when you were googling ASL? <laughs> no, but it is funny because it's like ASL. And BSL included. <laughs> it's like, oh, wow. They also teach me how to play Advanced Squad Leader. This is really cool. I wonder what mm. BSL is. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I, that stuff's kind of neat. Cause, uh, Interesting, yeah. Any kind of RPG that gets really niche is is neat. Like, uh, what is that? Um, the daggum something pedal throne or whatever that was invented. It was an RPG invented by a linguist like in the late 70s and yeah it has a whole thing it's actually difficult to get into but it has a very rich lore and all that i i think that stuff's kind of neat but yeah so uh anything yeah I, I wonder how that would work like okay you know i'm gonna cast a spell but do i have to like sign it out to the dm and will that work i don't know it just i don't know kind of neat well, and you may or may not remember that my wife is a sign language interpreter. Oh yeah, that's right. Because we we, and we so, yeah we have joked around about doing a YouTube series where we teach you ASL via ASL. You know, so. <laughs> so and it's you know she's we have some game night friends who are interpreters also. So I'll have to uh, to toss this out to them and have them take a look at it. Yeah, I mean I'll have the link in the show notes and just yeah just take a look at it and and see mm-hmm. i i just think it's really neat but you know what you also kind of wonder like well, maybe this is a little too you know ambitious so yeah we'll have to see have to see how it goes but you know i'm all for it it seems like you could do something you know even more with it besides this you could get into um aren't there like military type hand signals or uh indigenous people doing you know hand signals and yeah I mean, there could be all mm-hmm. kinds of stuff like that mm-hmm. you can do with an RPG. But anyway, 
So, uh, the next thing was Free League Publishing announces the Blade Runner RPG. I mean, Free League has been doing a lot of stuff over there and where are they like Sweden or wherever some someplace Nordic is the only thing I can remember and because uh, I backed a couple of their RPGs on Kickstarter and I'm actually waiting for Twilight 2000 to finally make it to retail but uh, Blade Runner might be kind of cool I think you know you would it would be a lot of kind of uh, deduction and um, kind of like werewolf too like, you know, if you're playing, maybe one of your people playing is a replicant. Maybe they don't know they are. That would be yeah. kind of the hook mm-hmm. I would think yeah. of. But, yeah. uh, but I think you play the cops in this one, don't you? Yeah, yeah. I, so, like you said, you could be a replicant, don't know it, though. So, yep. yeah. I don't know. Um, yeah, I've seen a lot of buzz around this, for sure. But um, I want to be a 12th level noodle vendor. <laughs> <laughs> That's true, because that was Edward James almost, I think. Was uh the he was the cop, yeah, right? yeah he was the noodle vendor in the original Blade Runner. Oh, was okay. I thought he was a wasn't he was the cop? I thought the dude that made the origami. Mm, I don't know. Maybe Kali. It's been forever since I've seen. He him. made little little origami figures out of gum wrappers. Out of gum wrappers. I thought uh, maybe. Okay. Uh, uh, I don't know. Shit. I I need to actually go back in and uh, watch it. And then I actually need to watch the new one and pay attention to it this time. So, you know, there you go. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, Rich, so you're going to take us uh, back in time? So this one is not very timely because if you're interested in this, I can't help you at all. Um, it's not going to be for another two years, but I actually just went here today. Uh, in Mexico, Missouri, which is central missouri it's just a little bit north of columbia um they have a festival every two years uh i think they were supposed to have it last year and pushed it to this year but i was asking today and they're just gonna do it every two years from now but this is called walk back in time and it's just a lot of fun they've got like reenactors from from the pioneer times all the way up to like world war ii and i think they have like a guy there had like a bunch of vietnam stuff out so a lot of historical stuff there was uh, a really interesting booth that my daughters enjoyed about uh the suffrage movement and it's just kind of cool it's just a little town there's not i mean there's a there's a like a military academy there for for boys for, for you know high school and middle school not 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 ROTC or anything like that but um it's just a little town kind of out there and this is their thing that they do every couple of years and it's called walk back in time I mean everything there is free to do I mean they have stuff you can buy and obviously we bought the food there but other than that it was just a fun thing to do so um cool. two years from now we'll probably do it again so it's it's kind of like a, a rent fair in a way Kind of, but it's not, it's not just Renaissance. It's, you know, there's, if you, you know, it's basically, it's, it's a big park is what it is. And they've got an area that you can walk through. And if you walk a certain path, you'll basically go up from like the time of Lewis and Clark all the way up to the Vietnam War. So, Hmm. yeah. Look, all I want to know is what are the tacos like in Mexico, Missouri? I did not have a taco. I had a potato tornado. So that was a something. potato tornado. Yeah, it was pretty good. <laughs> they take a potato and they like spiral slice it and spread it out and deep fry the whole thing. So it's just kind of like homemade potato chips. But yeah, 
to Potato Tornado. They're very it's popular. There was a long line for those. You had, you had me at Potato Tornado. Yeah. yeah. It's like that episode yeah. of Parks and Rec where he was like, yeah, this thing is called a meat tornado and blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah. It's like some guy died last year and he goes, stop, stop. You had me at meat tornado. You know, so. Yeah. So I know it's obviously it's terrible timing because you can't. Now, now everybody in the world wants to go to this. They're booking their vacation plans to Mexico, Missouri, but you got to wait two years. All right, so uh, the next. The other thing on yes. my mind is just um, just because I just picked it up. So we've talked before about these Goodman Games republished uh, adventures. Well, they're up to number six now, and number six is a two-volume Temple of Elemental Evil, and I got that, and it is amazing. It's got like articles about the original module. It's got the original module. It's got a fold-out map of the village of Hamlet. It is so cool, and I love it so much. And this is the first one of the six that I picked up, but this was the one I was waiting for because this is like peak nostalgia level for me. Village of Hamlet was the first ever D&D module I bought, so I'm loving it. I may never play it, although I don't know. I probably will play it at some point, um, but for now, I'm just going to read it. It's just there's so much in there. Yeah, see, Hmm. I own uh, Into the Borderlands and Expedition to the Barrier Peaks. Yeah. And uh, I kickstarted something recently, but I know. Remember when I think I kickstarted this one, and I it did not back it because I wasn't familiar with it. Uh, but yeah, I'm seeing a lot of people talk about. And yeah, I'm a I huge don't... fan of Dungeon Crawl Classics anyway, so. Yeah, I don't know what their future plans are, like what other modules are going to do, but this is the one I was waiting for. I just find it fascinating that they actually partner with Wizards of the Coast, and Wizards of the Coast is okay with like, oh yeah, sure, you know, you can yeah, do this original artwork. I mean, it's it's really cool. It's it's super nostalgic. All right, mm-hmm. so is it like yeah. a uh, what is the temple of the of elemental evil? What is the plot line of this module? There are big bad guys, and you have to go kill them. Okay, that's what yeah. I thought. Yeah, yep. you just that's go right. in, kill them. What it is, and get loot as well. Yes, yeah. Become rich. I mean, to be honest, part of the reason I want to read it so much is I, I, I haven't looked at this module in what forty years. You know, thirty more, uh, probably probably forty, thirty-five to forty years. I mean, I was a kid when I bought this, so this was came out in the mid '80s. I I haven't read this since then, so I remember bits of it, but I don't remember the whole thing. Little Richard began. With the sphere of annihilation, like that's the first room. Is that there's no? The you're thinking of, of um, uh, that's not that's not the Temple of Elemental Evil. That's the other mega dungeon. What's that? Um, the the one with Asarak, the the Lich. What's that one called? Oh yeah, uh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just imagining uh, Little Richard. All right, now's know. the point where I. Live Google. Oh, live Google. So, mm-hmm. Wait, I've got that up here. Oh, you have a sound bite for that, don't you? Yeah, it's right there. So, <laughs> I just think of little Richard Trapier on his, on his uh, Stingray bicycle riding up to the little hobby shop. It's an angry. My bicycle guy. was green and it had really high handbars. It was Eight the Tomb of Horrors. Tomb of Horrors. Tomb of Horrors, which. I don't think Goodman Games did it, but uh, Wizards of the Coast uh, recently redid Tomb of Horrors for 5th edition. 
Okay. Probably not as mean as it used to be, though. So he's like, hey, Mr. Smith, did that thing come in? Yeah. Yes, yeah, they like throw snow cones at you. They renamed it to the Tomb of Inconveniences. <laughs> Here's your Tomb of Horrors, boys. It came in. I don't know why you buy that satanic stuff, but here you go. <laughs> Tell your mama I said, hey. You know, so. All right. Uh, moving on. to Speaking of Goodman Games and uh, whatnot, they asked that you send Luzaki, Mississippi's own Luzaki, a Get Well Soon card. Apparently, the poor dude actually went to Gen Con this year and suffered a fall and ended up in the hospital. And so there you go. And uh, his, it was nice to see his address in North Biloxi, Mississippi. And uh, yeah, so we'll have this link in the show notes so you too can send him a Get Well Soon card and tell him maybe Lou you should respond to Adam's uh, messages about appearing at Siege of Vicksburg so there you go anyway <laughs> right and remember he invented the D100 and so there you go uh, so um, yeah so the next thing we have is Into the Odd remastered reprinted whatever it may be this is the classic RPG from 2014 it's getting a little bit of a makeover and printing out, and uh, yeah, it's back on Kickstarter. Which honestly, this reminded me. I'm like, oh yeah, I actually own this and should probably. Take Have we a talked look. about this one before? I Not think... this new thing you're talking no. about, but this RPG in general. Yeah, I think so. Okay. And uh, because it, you know, it falls into that OSR type thing, and uh, yeah, yeah. So anyway, sounds um, familiar. It's, it's there. It's got some extra stuff. Trying to see, uh, let's see, get a digital copy for fourteen pounds or twenty bucks, or a I don't print, have any pounds. A print. Well, I do have pounds, but I don't think they're worth anything. For twenty-eight pounds or thirty-nine dollars, so and it will ship. So nothing out there as far as pledges go next year. So um, doesn't look like it. Nothing fancy, like the guy comes to your house and punches you in the face or something. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know you guys actually come to us for industry gossip, and uh, I think we're a little light on it. I know um, all we have, I think, to talk about here is Paizo, and about them getting rid of their... Um, what did they get rid of? There's trying to see. it. What They fired their... Come on, load up. Uh, this is where... The president of Pathfinder and Starfinder, publisher Paizo, posted a second statement to the official forums on September 20th in which he addressed some of the allegations and criticisms laid out by former workers in the wake of one employee's firing and the voluntary leaving of another. This is the customer service and community manager Sarah Marie fired for undisclosed regions after working there for 12 years. And, uh, see... Uh, Diego Valdez, who worked in Marie, confirmed in a Twitter thread the following day where he explained that the department had been dealing with some especially difficult and problematic internal stuff. So, uh, yeah, there's shenanigans going on over at the other role-playing game. I mean, would you say probably uh, Pathfinder is the second biggest RPG behind Dungeons & Dragons? I you know I mm. don't know if I it might be 
I don't, I don't know. I, at one time, I'll bet it was bigger. Yes, I mean, D&D yes, is obviously the bigger name. But, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, even though they've always had, you know, better name recognition, yeah. uh, around 4th edition D&D, I think, I think Pathfinder was actually bigger because people did not like 4th ed D&D, and basically Pathfinder is 3.5 D&D, and yeah. So, uh, although nowadays, I'm not quite sure. I know in helping out the tabletop uh, gaming club at my local high school, uh, I have some first edition Pathfinder stuff uh, laying around forever that I'm offering to people, and I'm going to be curious to see how people uh, are interested. (laughs) I mean, the funny thing is, I have never played Starfinder, nor do I know anyone that has ever played Starfinder. Are you guys in that set? I mean, do you know anyone that plays it? Uh, no, but no. I, I will tell you, it interests me a lot. If I would actually roleplay, I think I would prefer it over Pathfinder. Because, I mean, there's a lot. They have put out a lot, lot, lot of stuff for it. And it's basically a kind of um, Spelljammer-esque, you know? I mean, it may be more technological or whatever, but it still has magic. It still has these yeah. fantasy races on starships and stuff. I mean, it seems yeah. really cool. So I just remember it had a lot of buzz when it came out, and I literally don't know a single person that has played it. Mm, that's very true. So, uh, Paizo is looking to create a better, safer, more inclusive work environment. So, yeah, they're with their health and safety. Yeah, I read all these stories, and and not just about RPG companies, but video game companies, and maybe the culture is just different, but you see it in lots of other companies as well. I guess I just have to consider myself fortunate because I can't even imagine these things happening at a place that I've been working. I mean, I've been working at the same place basically for almost 20 years now, so obviously I like the culture there, I like being there, but I literally cannot even imagine these things happening. It is true, like, you know, all of a sudden, like, you know, uh, it would be like basically sexual harassment or whatever was normal, you know, in, in your place of business. And then, like, somebody blew a whistle and a ton of people get fired and, and like, oh, no, what is this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't imagine it either. Uh, what was the big one? Uh, Blizzard. You know, Blizzard. Yeah, that's why I mentioned video game yeah. companies because Blizzard, it was a thing. Yeah. yeah, that's become like a huge, huge thing where apparently it was just, you know, it was rife. It was a terrible work environment. I, I, yeah, I can't imagine. It's like every place I've worked for, I think, the past two decades have had such big, long, detailed rules on, like, uh, how you interact with the public, how you interact with your fellow employees, you know. You can't be racist. You can't be sexist. You know, you can't sexually harass people, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And, yeah, I, I don't know how these companies, like, continue to exist. It is weird. Like, you know, how did this huge multi-billion dollar company like Blizzard, you know, just get away with it for so long? It didn't make yeah. any sense. But, uh, I mean, the only thing I can think is maybe for a lot of people just working on world of warcraft is a dream job so you put away put up with a bunch of crap because of that but i don't know <laughs> that 
is true. Uh, I'm trying to think of, like, in the past two decades, if I've worked at a place that anyone would be like, oh, this is my dream job, <laughs> and I would gleefully put up with sexual harassment in order to continue working. No, I, I haven't worked at a place like that. I don't think I've ever worked at a place like that in my entire life, where it's been like, oh, yeah, sexual harassment is okay as long as I get to work on this dumb game. Yeah, uh, no. Which, honestly, that probably explains like why the tabletop industry has some of the issues it does. Yeah. Because um, it is a dream for, you know, some people like, oh, yes, I'm finally, you know, making my own board game. But, you know, that guy still comes by my cubicle and creepily, you know, massages my shoulders or whatever. Yeah, I get that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, speaking of, um, Asmodee is for sale. Asmodee is for sale. And, um... For a measly, measly two billion euros. I, okay, let me see real quick. Like, let me get my checkbook. Yeah, That's yeah, a lot of euros. Let's see. I, I, um, I, I don't know the exact uh, euro to dollar ratio right now, but I'm pretty sure it's more than I've got. Okay, okay. It, uh, two, pretty even. Two, I might have two billion pesos. <laughs> two, two billion euros is two billion three hundred and forty four million five hundred thousand dollars so basically it's two point three uh, yeah so basically so two point three five roughly a billion dollars u.s dollars so that's a lot of money and if you think about it it's like well what do you get for that so uh that's you get Star Wars X-Wing, Armada, and Legion. And uh, you get Marvel Crisis Protocol. You get Catan. So, you know, if you really love Catan or hate it and never want anybody to play it again, you certainly could There we could go. Do, now yeah. you're talking me into <laughs> you know, it. You, you could get rid of that. Next time my daughter says... I want to play Catan. I'll say, sorry, it doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> I know. Uh, I was trying to think, what else do they do? Like Seven Wonders, Forbidden Desert, Forbidden Island. Lots of forbidden well, stuff. They, uh, they soaked up uh, Fantasy Flight. Yes, yeah. So yeah that's that's like, I think Fantasy Flight had. Oh, gosh. That's, so that would be like Descent. Um, that's the only one I can think of. Twilight Imperium? Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Um, golly, it's basically everything. Literally everything is. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they are probably one of, if not the biggest board game company, and this is probably the second or third time they've been for sale in my lifetime. And yeah, I don't know. So you kind of worry and wonder, like, well, who's going to buy it? And what are they going to do when they buy it? Because they could just chop it up and sell it, you know. And you may find X-Wing is now owned by a different company that owns Armada that is owned by a different company that owns Star Wars Legion. Which which would make a lot of people happy. I mean, Asmodee went on that buying spree, and a lot of people were annoyed by that. So who oh, knows? Yeah, I, I mean, gosh, it's been so long. You're you're absolutely right that you just forget about that part where it's like, oh yeah, I really, you know, didn't like it when they suddenly bought every damn thing. But anyway, 
So, uh, I don't I've, know. Just I've got five bucks and a suitcase full of IOUs. Oh, well, yeah. I think we should start a GoFundMe for the Chance of Gaming podcast to buy the, the Lamborghini one. You might want to hang on to that. Oh, yeah. The great <laughs> the great thing is, is like with GoFundMe, you just keep everything. So, if we got, if we got like $1.9 billion in the GoFundMe, oh, sorry, we failed to buy it, but we get to keep all that money. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah! Look, I, I would definitely say the quality would improve on this show. We would have like guests like Tom Cruise and shit like that. I don't even know what board games are. Shut up, Tom! You're getting paid for well, this. So, what's the GDP of some place like like Venezuela, or you know, some little country that like they could scrape together two billion euros? Like, Asmodee is now owned by Venezuela. That's worth it, I think, isn't it? I no? mean, I mean, in the uh, opposite side of that, I have seen where, you know, some, yeah, you know, I, I mean, a whole lot of companies have a bigger income than the GDP of smaller countries, you know. You know, usually small, you know, Asian or uh, African countries or whatever, but still. Yeah, it's it's kind of a big thing, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, yeah, it's not like the UK or anything like that, but still, I don't know. So there you go. Uh, Montenegro has a GDP of about four billion euros. Okay. Okay. Well, so they got no, they got no, four spread. million euros. Four million oh, euros. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of money there. So to get up to. Uh, to get up to two billion euros, you're up in like the uh, Romania category there. What uh, California is like this? The, what this third biggest economy? Something like that, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, which is okay. Which is really funny because you have people, governors of states like Mississippi, who always you know shit on California and stuff like that, like. Oh, aren't you glad here in Mississippi we don't have an economy like California does? Blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, they're like literally like the sixth largest economy in the fucking world. You know, mm-hmm. it's like I can't even imagine a state like that that has that kind of money. Whereas uh, Mississippi is probably our economy is around a third world level. Yeah. So I don't know. But that's the thing is. Because it's it's you know the evil liberal country you know state over there it's bad but it isn't really because yeah it's a big big country sorry uh, state that makes a lot of money so there you go mm-hmm. anyway uh, what do we got next um, oh yeah we were actually talking about the gaming goat and about Jeff Bergen Bergerin uh, getting booted out from in uh, Gen Con and now Origins. Uh, yeah, I mean, if he tries to come see you Vicksburg, he, I, I don't know, he'd have to have a big check. That's all I can say. <laughs> it, it just depends on the money, you know. I don't know. I'm not going to give 2.2 billion euros? Yes, trust me. He could, I, he, could have the, he could have the whole thing for 2 billion euros. And, yes, and again, once again, the quality of this podcast would drastically improve, you know. <laughs> Why is Russell Crowe on here? And it's just yeah, it's the whole thing. Anyway, we we go to every week. 
instead of every other week or sometimes every three weeks. I don't know. It could be weeks. every. It could be every day. Really, uh, we just. I pay. think we just start recording. We'd we'd every listener would have us record at their house on a rotating basis. I mean, we could do it every day and just pay people to do it, and it, they would be like celebrities. <laughs> it's like so uh, at the beginning when I said this is Rich Trapier playing Rich Trapier, I'd have someone else playing Rich Trapier. Yes, it'd be <laughs> the part the today the part of Rich Trapier is played by Courtney Love. You know, so yeah. <laughs> It'd be fantastic, you know. All right. Hit us up, Twitter, wherever. Let us know who should play each of us, because I really want to know now. I mean, yeah. Mm. I think um, Dustin Diamond could play uh, could play Roy. Is he alive? He may be dead, though. Uh, I'm not sure. Yeah, he... I think he's dead. I don't, I don't yeah. know. Maybe. I'm not sure. Um, so uh, we could probably get um, uh, Slater. He's still around. Who is that? I don't, um, I don't think any of us are that cool. Uh, look, for $2 billion, yeah, to make it sound like they're an actor. They can act. It's like, well, okay, you're going to play Rich Trapier on this. What's my motivation? Um, St. Louis and uh, GMT. There you go. <laughs> go. So just and go. Throw it out here. And go. David Schwimmer. David Schwimmer, yes. David Schwimmer will play Roy. That'd be an excellent Roy uh, for it. And, um, yeah. yeah. Okay, so we've got David Swimmer playing Roy. We have, who is AC Slater? Who is uh, Mario Lopez? Will be uh, Rich Trapier. And who do I want to play me? I don't know. It would be, uh, who's the girl that plays Captain Marvel? I'm, I'm oh, not sure that's uh, a good fit there. I, I'm not saying it is either, but I'm just, yeah. Her. There you go. See, I, I kind of like us doing washed up people. Though, okay, okay. Us. Washed up uh, people playing us. I'm trying to think. Um, Seth Rogen. I mean, I, I would say uh, the guy that. Uh, I kind of like that book. I like Seth Rogen. The guy that. Uh, the main character in Airwolf, but he's dead. Jan Michael Vincent. Um, oh, David Hasselhoff. David Hasselhoff can play Adam. There you go. There Perfect. Right. There we go. There's your cast. That's going to be next week on Chance of Gaming because it's going to be every week now. <laughs> yeah. If if we get the two billion dollar uh, GoFundMe going, yeah. Uh, the whole thing. So anyway. So uh, oh yeah. So what what do we got to say about the gaming goat? I mean, what what's I mean, is it even still a thing? How can he get? I don't know. Everything. Of- I, he, I mean, he got look, kicked out of Gen Con before he even showed up, or like maybe while he was setting up. It was really early. Like he didn't do anything at Gen Con. He basically got there, and they're like, "No, you're a jerk. You need to leave." Mm. So that's fine, I guess. I mean, it's it's their thing. They can do what they want. But that was the part that struck me as odd. But I guess Origins got on the ball early and said, "Don't even show up." Okay. When is Origins? Is so it, they like, just did it on the assumption that he was going to act poorly. <laughs> well, I mean, I think it was based on things he's done, but not at conventions per se. Yeah, things he right, said yeah. and, you know, I, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, I don't want to make it sound like they're just crucifying this guy for no reason. But, yeah, he's yeah, ran his mouth off and people didn't like what he said and they kind of took action from there. And I, I think I remember him talking about the... Um, 
the Gen Con thing where he, where he had like bought a booth or, you know, something, got a hotel room. And then, yeah, he were... said like, I've spent $45,000 on this or something like that. Dad, God, 45 you know, grand. I, the number he put out there was something like that. It was a lot. <laughs> you know, we, last week, last time around, we talked about that list of woke companies. Yes. Yeah. Where does gaming go fall into that? I think see, it, I think I it would have been for green that list on that list. I'm pretty sure it would be. So I don't know where to find that that information from, but whatever. I mean that would that would have been my guess is it would have been in, in the green category because mm-hmm. um, yeah. yeah, I don't know. Anyway, uh, so yeah, I guess kind of a short episode, but you know. Here we are. Uh, I know I've been really... Well, we started a little early, too. Yeah. So. Well, I've been a, a little busy myself um, with various things, with work and whatnot. Um, and, yeah. So, and you guys are starting to, like, stack up your firewood for the, the bitter winter that's coming. I had a yep. fire Friday night. It was nice. Really? Wow. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's outside. Here it's been cool, like in the mornings. That's about it. Usually yeah. by midday, it's like eighty-five. So you know. Yeah, it's supposed to be ninety here tomorrow. So, but it that's not going to last too long. What about pretty soon the leaves are going to come down, and every day will be a, a soup day. What 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 about the uh, the wall, Roy? How is it up there? The well, the construction continues apace. To hold back the hordes. Hmm. They don't have a dragon yet, do they? <laughs> well, I don't know. It's uh, they're they're putting some together up there in uh, up there in the UP. <laughs> you saw them with a big chain. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, it's probably made out of pine trees. Boy, how do they get a lot of them up there? Hmm. And mosquitoes. Pines and mosquitoes. Yes, they're they're breeding a gigantic mosquito that's the size of a dragon. That sounds like Mississippi, but yeah. Anyway, so um, yeah. So I guess that is our show, more or less. And um, yeah, we'll see you next time in a couple of weeks as we edge closer to the siege of Vicksburg. Oh, it'll be spooky season by then. We'll talk about horror movies and stuff too. So it'll be cool. Spooky. Well, I'll play some more Arkham Horror, which I am enjoying. Um, uh, Midnight Mass on uh, Netflix, so it's been pretty good. It's from the same dude that does like uh, uh, Haunting of Hill House, Fly Manor, all that. So yeah, it it's spooky. I like it. So, Maybe I'll uh, I'll I'll try to wade through another terrible horror movie and do a review. Oh yeah, we haven't done oh, those. Oh while. wait, oh oh my gosh, there there is one that was brought to my attention today, and I think I retweeted it. It's called Demon Warp from uh, 1988, and I hold on, I want to get the exact thing, uh, the exact reading uh, uh, review on it that sold me, and it was. Let's see, I gotta pull up my own Twitter. Say Demon Warp? Demon Warp from 1980. Okay. The description is a man, George Kennedy, you know, you may recognize that guy, whose daughter was kidnapped by Bigfoot, rescues topless teens from alien sacrifice in the woods. 
Southwest Teens, huh? Yes. So that uh, book would get canceled pretty quickly. So it's from '88, and uh, it's on YouTube, and I'll have it posted in the show notes. And um, yeah, I have not watched it, but I definitely want to watch it based on that. It sounds incredibly ridiculous, and I don't know how I missed it in 1988 when I was. Let's see, I was 12, so I don't know how I missed that. So anyway, all right. Oh, um, that's the show. We'll uh, see you guys later. Good night, everyone. Bye. Bye.